Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're going to talk some franchise tag extensions plus Patrick Mahomes' contract with Joel Corey coming up. This is a, a uh, it will be on YouTube, even though it is an audio-only podcast. You can go to the Pick 6 uh, Podcast YouTube page, hit the subscribe button, and you will get uh, wonderful Pick 6 Podcast content delivered to your YouTube page. It's just us. None of the uh, the other stuff that CBS – you're not going to get hot takes from Pete Prisco about uh, Arizona State or anything like that. You'll just get our content. Uh, reminder, tomorrow is the deadline for the for players – for teams to sign players on franchise tags to long-term deals. It is at 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Uh, we're going to preview that today, plus talk Mahomes' deal, and then we will have reaction after the deadline from the NFL Super Friends. If you want, you can dive in to – the podcast feed as well. We have a mailbag where we covered a bunch of different stuff and an emergency podcast on Monday where we broke down the Redskins announcing that they will change their name. Okay, so 14 uh, players receive the franchise tag, and uh, the deadline's 4 p.m. on Wednesday. After that, they can't sign until after the year ends, so who better to talk about it than Joel Corey, agent, to the stars, former agent to the stars, I guess is the technical phrase. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Uh, you are crushing it as always with your hot, 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 hot in Vegas. It was 113 yesterday. What? So I was not outside. Would you rather be in? Would you rather be in Vegas in 113 degree heat or deep eastern North Carolina in 95 degree heat? But when I went back home to that a couple summers ago, it was like 95 and 90% humidity. Mm-hmm. But that felt more comfortable than Vegas, even though you take a shower and it's like you take a shower and you go outside. But just I'd rather have that. I grew up in it. I still can't get used to heat when it gets this hot. Over When it's over 110, forget it because it doesn't cool down at night either. It's pretty hot, man. Um, yeah, I don't know that I can handle 113. I feel like – the problem is, like, if you're sweating in 113-degree heat, nobody blinks an eye because it's 113. If you're sweating in, like, 90-degree with all that, like, humidity makes me sweat more than the than the, than the the actual heat, I think. But, um, yeah, I'm probably with you. I'd probably take the 90-95, 95-90 rather than 113 and just crisp air. Uh, all right, Joel, so this is, the, this is, I mean, correct me if, if you think differently, but this is the weirdest offseason in NFL history. Oh, yes, it is. We don't think we've ever seen an offseason like this. Hope we never see one again. Uh, we've had uh, labor disputes, which have uh, changed the course of offseasons. Um, like in 2011, there's a lockout, but nothing where we have a uh, pandemic, which nobody seems to have a handle on. Uh, figuring we're going to buy a bunch of time um, from when 
free agency was to the beginning of training camp starting, but the virus is, seems to be running rampant in a lot of states now. So, yeah, we've never seen anything like this. Yeah, and as a result, how um, how much do you think these uh, these franchise tag situations are affected? Because, I mean, not just from, like, the actual coronavirus situation where we don't know if there's going to be football, but also, you know, coronavirus in, in the impact it's going to have on fans being at games and, and, and what that's going to do to the salary cap next year. How much do you think that's causing teams to sort of shy away from doing deals with these players who have gotten the franchise tag? We haven't seen a lot of extensions generally, even though we had one last Monday, which was a, a monster deal. But for the most part, there haven't been extensions of guys in uh, contract years. So, yeah, it's having an effect because you don't know uh, where revenue is going to be. You, you, usually you can project of X amount of percent and teams do things in three-year shot snapshots. But this year fully is Revenues are going to drop. We just don't know how much because if there is a full season – it's not going to be played in front of full stadiums, maybe empty stadiums, maybe limited capacity, but revenues will drop. That's something that has to be addressed for 2021. Um, the league has proposed that players put 35% of salaries in escrow as a way to uh, hedge against the huge uh, revenue losses. That's going nowhere with the players, non-starter. Uh, union, um, players union proposed uh, spreading the losses over the – entire length of the new CBA. Uh, that makes some sense. I don't know if it's going to be spread all 10 years, but I think that the NFLPA and the NFL will come to some sort of agreement where there's not going to be a precipitous drop in the cap next year, and it may stay for a couple of years and won't take significant increases until we have the new TV deals, that money's infused in gambling revenue, uh, which is an unknown variable, starts factoring the equation as well. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. And wouldn't that be nice to see the NFL and the NFLPA work together on something to actually help each other out? I'm sure that that will go smoothly and there won't be any hiccups in the road between those two parties. Uh, Dak Pre- baseball. We saw how ba- we saw how baseball was uh, – <laughs> that took forever to get them to agree, <laughs> to agree on a limited shortened season. Uh, you're going to see this thing, this process play out in public for their agreement on what to do with the decrease. Hopefully it won't be as ugly as the baseball uh, negotiation. They love, both sides love to like leak stuff to the media and think that fans care about it. You know, they're like, oh, like, like just, just get in a room and hash it out. Quit trying to win this media game. Just go bang it out and get done with it. I mean, like, just negotiate. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so the uh, Dak Prescott is the big name that we're all waiting for, and the buzz seems to be that there will not be a deal. Um, at least we're recording this on Monday afternoon. You're listening to it on, on Tuesday morning. If there's been a deal done on Monday night, obviously that will change. I'll, we'll, we'll fix it by recording a different podcast. Uh, but, Joel, I'm curious, do you, what, how would you handicap this in terms of the two sides getting a deal done by 4 o'clock on, on Wednesday afternoon? Well, I may be in a minority, but I think Jerry Jones will ultimately cave at the 11th hour. Um, in 2015, it looked like Dak Prescott was not going to get a deal done before the franchise deadline. 11th hour gets a deal done. That was surprising. It was, uh, so Jerry's had over a year to get this thing done. They started negotiating 
last off season. So it, I put it all on Dallas when I get this thing done. Um, they should want to get it done. Um, I know they want five years. Dak wants four. Mahomes deal gives Jerry ammunition to go see. He signed for 10. Why can't you do five? But at the same time, the average yearly salary went up almost 30% from Russell Wilson's $35 million per year. So that's going to give Dak's camp ammunition to go, hey, we don't need 45, but we definitely need to be above Russell Wilson and we want to be closer to Patrick than um, uh, Russell. Uh, so it just makes no sense for Jerry not to get the deal done. I know a lot of people are like, Dak's not a top five quarterback. When has that ever really mattered recently in terms of being the highest paid quarterback? He won't be that, but when you've had Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll take turns as being the highest paid quarterback. If Dak's number two, he's not going to stay number two for long. And over time, the deal's going to look like a somewhat of a bargain for the Cowboys. Uh, my bigger concern would be eventually you start turning him off. And it goes from, I want to be a Cowboy to, I want my freedom. And if I resign here, great. If not, someone's going to pay me the way I think I should be paid. Because after a while, it becomes, I'm being disrespected. Um, this is the easy part for him to play on a franchise tag for almost $31.5 million. The hard part was last year. He only made $2 million last year. The, the risk-reward ratio made it much harder last year. You can bank 31 and a half and be fine, and then you're at 37.7 next year. And if you get to that point where you don't do it, to, you don't sign a deal, make sure you're starting at 37.7. At least that's where Todd France is going to go. And like, don't talk to me unless that's the starting point, and that's not going to be the ending point. Because if he plays out two tags, the third one's going to be over $54 million. <laughs> If they put a third one on him, if not, he's free. So, uh, to me, there should be more sense of urgency for Dallas to do a deal than Dak. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, the you know the Kirk Cousins thing stands out so much just in terms of how you know your draft. This guy's drafted by this by this team later in the, later in the draft. It's not a first round pick. Um, you know, he develops some loyalty. Uh, even though there's been a coaching change to the franchise that took him because they took a chance on him and eventually gave him the starting reins. And and then things got personal between the two sides where they were trying to negotiate a deal. And the team ultimately felt like it had so much leverage that it didn't need to pay the quarterback the the requisite amount of money that you need to pay quarterbacks. And as you point out, it's not about – and people need to understand this. And we've been, we say this a lot on this podcast, I feel like. Um, I say this a lot on Twitter, I feel like write this a lot whenever I'm writing, it doesn't matter if you're as good as Russell Wilson. You don't need to have Russell Wilson's resume. You don't need to have Russell Wilson's skill set. What you need to have is a contract that comes up after Russell Wilson. That's the only thing that matters. And if you're anything close to a top-tier quarterback, all you got to be is like a top half of the league quarterback. At worst case, then you are going to find your way into that huge amount of money because the no matter how saturated the quarterback market ultimately becomes, or how many good quarterbacks there are out there, teams are still going to be needing quarterbacks. Like, I don't know if Bill Belichick would cut Cam Newton and sign Dak Prescott to whatever deal he wanted if, if the Cowboys rescinded the franchise tag today, but I think he'd definitely be interested. And I think there are a lot of teams out there that would be interested in signing Dak Prescott. And, and I, I feel like the Cowboys don't have a firm grasp on that. And instead of, like, there's two paths here. It's either 
Drew Brees in, was it 2013? Drew Brees in 2013 or Kirk Cousins, you know, later on? I mean, like, which one do you want to be? Because the Redskins did not benefit from losing Kirk Cousins and the Saints have benefited from locking up Drew Brees. Does that, does that seem like a fair, uh, two paths converge situation for the, for the Cowboys? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly fair. And the one thing which is interesting to me, is we had more quarterbacks available this year than any other year. But usually the supply-demand argument is that there is a ton of demand, no supply. This year the market was saturated with quarterbacks. You could find – you want an old guy? What old guy do you want? You want a young guy? You could find one because in a normal year, Jameis Winston's a starting quarterback, and he's not this year. Um, so Dallas didn't want to take the risk with the non-exclusive franchise tag where Dak could shop himself. They put the exclusive one on him. So he's locked into just the Cowboys. To me, that shows that they do value him to a certain degree. And to me, that also shows that Jerry knows that he has to get a deal done. Um, to me, there are a lot of factors that are starting to accumulate, which would eventually turn Dak off. And one of them has to go to what happened last summer. You paid everybody but him. Mm-hmm. You paid Jalen Smith when he was going to be a restricted free agent this year, so he didn't have to. You re up Lyle Collins, so he gets paid twice because he got paid after being in two years since he wasn't drafted. You rewarded negative behavior with Ezekiel Elliott because he got in trouble again last offseason. And then you went out and paid him on a holdout. And he had, you know, he played three years, had two years left on his rookie contract. And Dak has been basically the model citizen. So that type of stuff will factor in the longer this stuff goes. So if you don't get something done, then I want to see where this thing goes next year. If Dak just has an average year, because they'll they'll have to stick another tag on him. Because if he is just slightly above average, it's not going to really materially affect his marketplace. That Dallas wouldn't let him hit the open market anyway. So they stick right. a second tag on him, and does he decide? You know what? I can take my sixty nine million over two years, and then we'll see what goes goes from there. I make another fifty four, or I'm free. Yeah. So I think. That's why Jerry needs to get it done, and I, that's why I think okay. Yeah, and I, th- I really think it's like if you go if you play that first franchise tag because I don't know that you can do the third franchise tag. You're talking like fifty million dollars, right? Like a quarter of the salary cap, basically. If you if you play if Dak Prescott plays through all of 2020 and coronavirus with on a franchise tag, he's probably not like whatever price you thought you were going to get him for this. I, do you think it's fair to suggest that the Cowboys think? They can get Dak Prescott. They they want they almost feel like they want to sign into the deal they could have signed into before 2019 right now. But that's not how that's that's not how this works. You know what I mean? Is what are the, that, what, that was the problem with Cousins? That the Redskins were always behind the curve. That they lowballed Cousins the first time, and then my understanding is when they finally did make another offer after the first franchise tag, it was something he might have taken a year before, but it was inappropriate after he went out and played on the franchise tag because Dallas really should have made him the priority over to Marcus Lawrence last off season and tried to get him done before Russell Wilson, because you knew Wilson was going to become the highest paid player and jump uh, Aaron Rodgers, And you should have at least had the thought cross your mind that the Rams and the Eagles might do <laughs> deals with uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, because the Rams have done multiple deals of first-round picks after three years. They did a running back the year before. Right. The Eagles did Lane Johnson really early, so it wasn't 
something that was unprecedented for them. So once those deals got done, you weren't getting Dak for what you could have gotten him done before Russell Wilson, which may have been under $30 million per year. And then once he goes out and plays, incurs the risk of injury and poor performance this year, has his best year statistically, even though the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs, you're not getting him for what you could have gotten him then, and you're not getting him next year if he just has a slightly above average year for what you could get him for right now. Because if you wait for a good player, good to great player, it costs you more of the money in the long run. So if Dallas wants to play that game, yeah, it could cost them their quarterback. Yeah, they could have locked him up to like a six-year, $29 million per year deal after 2018. And that's, again, that's on Jerry, and now you're not going to get it, and you got you got to pay the price that, that comes with it. All right, um, Derek Henry, any, ch- any chance he gets a deal? I'm guessing no. I'm saying no. Uh, tough deal to do. First, I'd have a hard time paying any running back, particularly after we've seen the return on investment for the guys at the top tier. And that top tier, the bottom of it's $13 million with David Johnson. What's he done since he signed? Nothing. Uh, Todd Gurley got cut after he signed his deal, uh, played one new year on the deal. Actually, didn't play any new years on the deal. Made like $20 million more than he would have made uh, had he played out his rookie contract. Um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been the best out of those guys because Le'Veon Bell didn't play well last year, first year of his deal. But Ezekiel Elliott uh, had a down year by his standards compared to what he'd done before. So, one, Derrick Henry is a very physical running back. Running backs have short sh- shorter shelf lives than most positions. I would be reluctant. And also, the guys who have been getting paid have been dual-threat guys, and that's not what Derrick Henry does is factor in the passing game. If Tennessee gets ahead, you can neutralize Derrick Henry. That being said, he is their most productive uh best offensive player. So it would one level it makes sense for Tennessee to tie him up and have it coincide with um when you can get out of Ryan Tannehill's deal, which is um really after the twenty twenty two season, have him coincide when that's really the exit point. But at the same time, I understand why you might make him want to play on the franchise tag and do it again. He's already signed it. And then if you had to put a transition tag on the third year, so be it. Um but yeah, for that, for this team, he's important, but I still don't think it gets done. Okay, I, I'm with you. I would be very surprised if if that ended up happening. Uh, also, from franchise tag land, Chris Jones, maybe probably even the second biggest name in terms of impact here, because to me, the, uh, what did you think when the Mahomes deal got done? How do you think that affects Chris Jones? Because if I'm Chris Jones, I'm like, I mean, I get why you paid him. He's great. He's the best player on our team, the best player in football. But, like, you know, guys, I mean, I could, you know, you had time. You didn't have to pay him. You didn't have to give him 10 years, $500 million this offseason. You could have thrown your boy a bone. At the same time, I think it's possible that maybe the, the Mahomes deal sort of uh, sets the table for a Jones deal ahead of Wednesday. Um, yes and no. I could see where Jones could take the position. All right, now you paid somebody else in terms of time and you didn't have to. Um, I think everything may have gotten on the wrong track when they traded for Frank Clark and gave him almost $21 million per year, a guy who hadn't done anything for the team. Because when I represented players, I used to get phone calls when they took care of an outsider and didn't take care of an insider. And this would have to be my guy. But it would be, see, they don't value who's in this organization. Particularly, sure. it was a player who played the same position as one of my guys. 
that would really be a conversation where I got an earful and a lot of venting. So that was the first problem. Um, so you always got to pay him in the same neighborhood. And then DeForest Buckner confirmed the neighborhood when he was traded from the uh, 49ers to the uh, Colts. So he's at 21 million per year. The thing is, you can create your own cap room with Chris Jones because he's, he's sitting on his franchise tenor. It's been on the uh, cap ever since they tendered him, even though he hasn't signed it. It still counts. Right. You could do a deal with a $25 million signing bonus, say five years. That gets prorated $5 million per year on the cap. Drop his base salary down to a million. You got cap number six, and you've created, you've created $10 million cap room that way. Uh, so I want to respect that Mahomes doesn't necessarily impact you from a cap standpoint, but from a cap standpoint, which may be more important, Mahomes' cash flow is not good. He's making 63 over the first three years, um, 20 through 2022. So that's where there could be the impact because you're not paying Mahomes cash. So well, hold, that's hold where Mahomes, that real I'm, impact. Let's talk, let's talk Mahomes uh, after – it, they definitely coincide together, but let's talk Mahomes. I want to dive, dive into Mahomes after the break, but um, yeah, I mean it definitely impacts it. To, so you think unlikely Chris Jones, or you think maybe more likely because they have that wiggle room to work with in the salary cap space? Well, they have to decide if they want to have two twenty million dollar per year pass rushers because there are only like six of them, and they had two, and they had the highest paid guy in the league. Uh, granted, it's cap friendly and cash friendly. The Mahomes deal is backloaded, so you could do it. But that's really does Kansas City want to commit to two guys making that much as pass rushers? Right. Um, I'm not sure they do. I've always been skeptical that once they, I always thought that once they signed Frank Clark, that was going to make it tough for Chris Jones to be there long term. Mm. All right. Uh, so. A couple other names hit. It sounds like Leonard Williams is going to play out this one year deal. Look, nobody needs. We don't need to rehash how badly Dave Gettleman botched this. They'll figure it out after 2020 if he's in their long-term plan. So they'll probably give him a 120% raise if he's any good this year. And so that was a, a disaster. Um, AJ Green, there's no chance they're doing a deal with him, right? He's just playing a one-year deal and they're going to see how he plays, right? That makes the most sense. He didn't play last year. And <laughs> he played half the season in 2018. I would say here, you're making 18-1, almost 18-2. Please sign it come in and help Joe Burrow. He's going to be 32 in July. So, yeah, this streams play out the play on the tag and then reevaluate next year. Uh, offensive linemen who are on the tag, uh, Brandon Scherf for the Redskins and Joe Tooney for the uh, New England Patriots, both interior guys, which is kind of interesting. Do you think this is any chance either one of them gets a deal done? And were you surprised that, that either team tagged those guys? Yeah, I am Tooney more so than Scherf because first I hadn't been an offensive, interior offensive lineman tag since Logan Mankins in 2011, but Tooney was the biggest surprise. Didn't see that one coming. I thought he might become the league's highest paid guard in free agency because when you've had a good guard in his prime, he's been able to reset the market. Scherf I always thought would get franchised, particularly knowing that Trent Williams didn't want to be there and ultimately they traded him. So that, to me, puts more pressure on the Redskins to retain, or, or the Washington franchise, I should say, to retain <laughs> him long term. Um, just because you've already lost arguably your best offensive lineman, can you let your second best one walk out the door after um, this upcoming season? 
But if we can do a long-term deal, it's going to have to it's going to have to be over 16 million per year because we're going to look at the two franchise tag average and go, hey, uh, if you want me, it's going to be north of that. Right, and it almost feels like with Tooney, Bill Belichick might be saying, all right, this is a weird year. Offense is going to be tough to come by. I want to roll the dice that you know we, we're going to put everybody in place for one single year to see if we can work this out. And if it, if it works out great, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, like, all right, we're going to be a running team this year as we try to figure out what we got in Stidham, as we see what Cam can do. And we need those running pieces in place. And so that's why you end up, uh, franchise tagging Tooney in, in, in theory, I guess would be, would be why you do that. Uh, anybody else, any other deals that you, that you could see happening with any of these other guys, whether it's Justin Simmons, Anthony Harris. Yeah, maybe Simmons. Okay. Simmons, Simmons is the one just because it's got an interesting dynamic that the uh, Broncos hired a new contract negotiator cap guy, uh, Rich Hurtado from CAA, uh, who represents uh, Justin Simmons, CAA. So I'm sure Rich Hurtado knew, had a pretty good idea what Justin Simmons wanted. So I've never seen that dynamic actually happen uh, with a guy who was part of the agency to the guy who got franchised now works for the other side is negotiating against his former colleagues. So, uh, that should be an easier deal to do because that should cut out some of the posturing because I don't know how he can go from I was helping you with this deal to now I'm negotiating the other side and it to be taken as seriously as it would be if you had didn't have that dynamic in the equation. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to look at this list of guys. It just doesn't feel like there's going to be a bunch done. We're so late. In the, if, to me, Joel, it felt like in the last few years, teams had just, if they wanted to get a deal done, they got it done earlier. They didn't like run up against the July 15th deadline the way that they had in years past. And now I like Ju- Matthew Judon and Bud Dupree. It almost feels like the, those two teams don't like to pay for single year performance. Hunter Henry's been so much so injured. It's tough to really give him a huge tight end deal. And then uh, Shaq Barrett, same deal with Judon and, and Dupree. Like you know, you came out of nowhere, and Yannick Ngakwe not happy to be there. Can't imagine him getting paid. So I mean, if I set the over under at one and a half contracts done by these teams by to, by four p.m. on Wednesday, uh, what would you take the over or the under there? Um, I'm gonna go under. I think mm. you got a chance to get two guys really done. Um, I'll say Dak and Simmons okay. uh, would be the two most likely candidates to get done. Um, we've seen guys come out of uh, nowhere, like, I don't know, three, four years ago. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, that seemed like that was dead in the water. And I was like, what? That got done? So you never know. We right. may get one of those, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about Patrick Mahomes' contract. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay so the mahomes deal got done four million years 400 trillion dollars were you surprised that the chiefs hammered it out this offseason uh no i expected it to get hammered out this offseason i i thought if they were going to do a deal, it was going to be before the fifth day of training camp because that's when his roster bonus was due. The, the bulk of his money, uh, everything except his new minimum, was in the roster bonus. And if you did it after that date, then you couldn't prorate um, the roster bonus in the equation. I thought it was going to be like uh, early August at the latest. I just didn't think it was going to be anything remotely like the deal we signed, that he signed, 10 years. Right. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen because that seemed more like did we get in a time machine and we go and we went back to the early 2000s because <laughs> that was when you had deals that were um, potentially that long. The longest ad on the books was the eight-year extension Tyron Smith did uh, with the Cowboys several years ago, which hasn't aged well. So that's the problem when you sign a long deal like that. It's not going to age well, even though Mahomes – increased the market by about 30% over his predecessor, Russell Wilson. So it's going to take some time to leapfrog and you're not going to see this next man up thing anymore because usually you're talking four, five, six, seven, eight percent the most what the increase is, but not having such a dramatic jump, but um, still wasn't expecting the length of the deal. Yeah. Um, I would say that like, I just I don't I, here's here's my thing on it. I don't really understand why Mahomes or the Chiefs felt the need to do ten years. Like, what was the point? We're in the middle of a pandemic. This guy is, you know. I get the Chiefs cost certainty. You want cost certainty? Okay. If you're the Chiefs, you can lock up the best player in football forever. You do it. Now, um, I don't think this is going to be a model that's replicated by anybody else for a couple of reasons. If you could do your conventional long-term deal, then, yeah, other teams would want to do that. But this is not a conventional long-term deal because Mahomes has some mechanisms in, in this deal which makes it hard to get out of it for the Chiefs anytime soon. Even though it's backloaded, I don't like the cash flow, but uh, let's, I'll give you a year an example. Let's take the 2027 contract year. Okay. The, 
he's got in every year ro- huge roster bonuses, and that year is the biggest year. He's got a $49.4 million roster bonus out of the $59.95 million he's scheduled to make. The thing is, the roster bonus is guaranteed is a March roster bonus, so it's third day of the league year. It becomes guaranteed the third day of the 2026 league year. So it's fully guaranteed a year in advance. So they, in the 2026 roster bonus, which is like 38.9, is fully guaranteed in 2025, a year in advance. And as you keep going on in the roster bonuses, vest or they become fully guaranteed a year early. That's highly unusual. That's the attraction for Mahomes. It's not fully guaranteed at signing, but it's going to be tough for them to get out of a contract at various junctures because essentially, depending upon when you do it, there's a huge buyout, which is going to be, in some years, $80 million to buy it out, some years $40 million. So uh, that's a huge feature. Plus, with all that money in roster bonuses, if they need to start kicking the can down the road and creating cap room, they're probably going to come to Mahomes because after the first five years, there's no bonus proration in the deal. So they'll start coming to Mahomes and at some point restructuring for cap room. So if you wanted to get rid of him, um, regardless of that guarantee, then you got to deal with the bonus proration hitting the cap, and that may, that'll just complicate matters even more. So Mahomes is going to play out the bulk of this contract. Um, I just didn't think it was going to be so long. But no other – who are you going to want to sign to a deal with this type of security? Um, you're not going to do this for Dak. Jerry wouldn't do that. I don't think you do it for John Watson. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playing style would scare me. At yeah. some point, if he keeps running, he's going to get hit and get hurt. So, no, this this deal is not going to become a new trend in the way it's structured um, for other NFL teams to replicate. So, what what's the benefit then for 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 Patrick? I mean, I guess if Mahomes signs it, he knows. Like you said, it's hard for the Chiefs to get rid of him. Like they have to do it. X, like one or two years in advance, depending on when in the contract it is. I guess that's the benefit. Yeah, they pay a huge penalty to get out of it. They pay a huge penalty to get out of it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get that's that. That's the attraction to him. He that's knows the attraction he to him. And, then, and, yeah. and he also, I think he's trying to strike a balance between putting the Chiefs in a position to win championships and getting security. So he's leaving money on the table. Okay. It's kind of a way of doing a Tom Brady without it being as blatant as Brady, where some years he was making nine, 10 million. And the cap number was dropping uh, significantly <laughs> right. because the way he was doing things starting in 2013 and 14, this may be Mahomes' way of trying to do that by leaving money on the table. Cause he locked in before we know what the TV money is going to be with new TV deals and how gambling is going to impact everything. So to me, you needed an out for him to be able to opt out of this deal at some point in the last five years, to me, um, for it to really make the most sense. I wouldn't have – I never contemplated this structure. I was thinking more conventionally that you would go no more than four years and then reassess things then where you get an extension after your third new year going into the fourth new year or you uh, play it out and then get franchised and try to work out a new deal. But never my wildest dreams that I expect this link with this structure. Yeah, I don't think anybody did. Um, what? Uh, so you mentioned Lamar and Deshaun Watson. Now, let me ask you this. We had this debate on the podcast when the deal happened. And John Breach, and on HQ, and John Breach was like, this is great for 
for Jerry Jones, like if, you know, if Dak would take the deal that Patrick Mahomes got, you know, he'd, I, you know, I'm Jerry, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I was like, what are you talking about? Like if I'm, like, I think it's the other way around. I think if it's like, if, if Dak could get what Mahomes got, wouldn't he take it? Or, or do you think that's not enough? I mean, I guess not enough. Anymore. I don't think, I still don't think he'd take it. He wanted, he wants a four to go from a four to a 10. I don't think he's going to do it, particularly if he has to have the cash flow this way. The cash flow is hard to compare because it's kind of apples to oranges because we're talking about a guy who had two years left on his rookie contract versus a guy that's starting from zero. Uh, but still, if you look at Mahomes' cash flow, it's not good compared to Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Because those guys, after their first three years, are over eighty million. He's at sixty-three. That's kind of like, great. How does that happen? Well, and that, the other thing too with the DAC with the DAC comparison is like, if you're DAC, you're like, look, I'm free after I got two years left, like max. Whereas Mahomes, right? If, exactly. The franchise tag game. He's like, hey, I can be free, and look what Cousins got on the open market. Yeah, um, eighty-four million. Who knows what that could get on the open what? market if he chooses to go that route. Right, and, and whereas Mahomes still had, you know, he had, he still has his final year of his rookie deal plus the fifth year option plus the two franchise tags if he wanted to go that route. And with Mahomes being as good as he is, he would probably get the third franchise tag if the, if he was absolutely dead settled trying to leave. So from that perspective, yeah. Why did he say that? Because I've done I've run the numbers based on what the 2022 exclusive franchise tag projects to right now. It's subject to change because that number could go up or down depending upon other deals but right now it would have projected to 39.4 million so if Mahomes did nothing played it out he would have made like 67 million as opposed to the 63 in his contract gets a second franchise tag for like 42 47 three he's a 114.3 as opposed to 103.5 and then if he got the third one for 68 million. He's at 182.4 versus 141.4 in the actual deal. So that's usually the analysis you look at if you're the agent, but somehow that got lost in the equation. Mm, okay. What, how does this affect Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson? Do you Not mean- at all. Not at all. Okay. Deshaun Watson, from what I understand, wants a three-year extension. So it, it affects him from this way, that since the deal's backloaded, that – uh, it kind of may put a cap on their average, um, okay. at least for Watson since well, so, he's in his draft so class. Do you, do you think it's possibly like the Calvin Johnson, Adrian Peterson thing where those guys made – like ha, has Mahomes just created an artificial ceiling for quarterback contracts moving forward? Yeah, because in 2013, we saw Aaron Rodgers get $22 million per year. That held up for about three years. It took yeah. until Joe Flacco – uh, getting his extension, we had leverage because of the cap number to beat that. So since he's jumped the market 30% practically, it's to like 28 and a half to be uh, more accurate. Yeah, there, it's not going to be this next man up thing. And even after the first three new years, it's not the best in the NFL. Russell Wilson is still the best in the NFL after the first three new years at 38 million per year. Holmes is at 37.95 after the first three new years. I don't know how that happened either. Wait, wait, after the first three, the first three new years of the extension, not even counting the last, the next two years. Yeah, if you just take the new money over the, over the first three new years, the new money, you know, yeah. he, was, he was supposed to make like 27 and some change. Yeah, he is at, it averages 37.95 because after the first three new years, 
year at 113.85. Russell Williams first, Russell Wilson's first three New Year's. I don't know who Russell Williams is. But, uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson's first three New Year's are 38 million per year. That's crazy. That's where I think he can cap Deshaun. He can cap Deshaun because you don't break 40 million per year until year six. Right. Okay. All right. So if you're Deshaun Watson, you're thinking, give me a lower, a lower, give me a smaller deal. Give me a, I mean, not, not a smaller deal, but a shorter deal. Like, give me some more cash right now on a shorter deal. And same with Lamar. Or yeah, Lamar? I'm playing the franchise. I'm using, the, I'm using the franchise tag equation. Um, I, I'm projecting out the exclusive franchise tag, like I yeah. did from a home same year. And then the second franchise tag, I'm working off of you. You tag me twice for over forty. So that's how he tries to leapfrog and ignore the Mahomes deal. Plus, he's dealing with. Um, GM head coach Bill O'Brien, who's made some what a lot of people would call head decisions. <laughs> um, I'm I'm pointing to hey, I know you, I know there's a ton of leverage there, but Laramie Tunsil uh, dramatically changed the um, tackle market. We went from 18 to 22 on a three-year extension. So I'm the quarterback. I'm the most important guy. <laughs> uh, we need to do something along those lines for me. Granted, he's not going to get to 45, but maybe that gets him over. He can get out of that paradigm of Russell Wilson's at 38 first three New Year's and jump Mahomes over the first three New Year's if he goes shorter. If he can get O'Brien to buy off on what you did for Laramie impacts what you do for me. All right. Awesome stuff, Joel Corey. You're the man. At Corey Joel on Twitter. Isn't that right? That's correct, right? Yep, that is correct. Corey Joel, I couldn't get Joel Corey because there's a British bodybuilding DJ who has this, my <laughs> first name, last name, and I don't have a common first or last name, so I didn't know that it wouldn't be available when I signed up for Twitter years ago. Well, just jump on Joel Corey on Joel.Corey on TikTok or whatever the kids are doing these days. Uh, thanks. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on TikTok at all. <laughs> Me neither, man. Me either. I don't understand it. We'll get Devo to give us a tutorial sometime. Uh, hey, thanks as always. It's always great to talk to you, and uh, we will we'll chat at you soon, buddy. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.